Support Black Podcast. This is Karma. She is the Blurred Girl, a freelance commercial video and film editor by day, and a comic book reading, anime watching, TV live tweeting, K-pop listening, blog writing geek girl by night. She uses her blog and her podcast to shine a light on sequential art, comic books, graphic novels, and pop culture with a focus on characters of color primarily created by people of color. Join her on theblurredgirl.com. That's the T H E Blurred B L E R D Girl G U R L dot com. Theblurredgirl.com. Go there and support Black Podcast. Welcome to the Michelle Mission, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble, and as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams of It's All Soul, Wednesdays 8 to 10 p.m. on G-Town Radio. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't notice on our social media wavelengths, we have called an audible. We are moving Candyman, our review of Candyman, to next week. So that we may bring you a review of Beloved. Yes, we had technical difficulties procuring a copy of Candyman. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Believe it or not. Yes, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Suffice to say, Vince had another film on deck. I did. That he was ready to watch in the spirit of the month of Halloween. Oh, I see what you did there. Yes. (laughs) And we have this very eerie drama from 1998 yes with oprah winfrey danny glover tandy newton kimberly elise bea richardson yeah and a movie that i was unaware was actually advertised as a horror drama yes yes yes. i didn't know that yes it was i didn't know that we'll Hmm. talk about that as well the advertising for it which was sort of and the advertising for it now yeah. Which I think is fascinating when you look at the publicity for it. Definitely. But before we do that. Yes, yes, yes. As always, ladies and gentlemen, we like to thank each and every one of you that offers us Absolutely. your feedback, feedback via email at michellemission at gmail.com on Instagram and Twitter and also in the Facebook group. Catrice Greer actually said. Yeah. What's up, homie? Upon announcing that we are going to be changing over to Beloved, she said, well, I'll be listening because I read the book five or six times yes. for personal and academic reasons. Yeah, yes. I saw books. the subsequent movie two or three times. Toni Morrison, the author of the book upon who this movie is adapted, is Catrice's favorite author. That's a good she- one. She finds her writing style, character complexities, and intricate chapter confutations in the narrative fascinates and resonates with Catrice. She was, uh, she says that Toni Morrison has deeply impacted me for decades. I am excited to hear your movie review. All right, no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> 
No pressure there. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's see. People letting us know. Uh, Netflix, which has a lot of good stuff coming on. They have a new um, movie called coming out called Ben So Long. Are yes. you aware of that? That's the Michaela Cole yes. musical. Yeah, I've been watching this one pretty closely. Watching like the news on it. Yeah, watching you, you know, I was it was, it came out in England. It's a musical came out in England and Netflix got the rights for it. And I've been really waiting to see when it was going to be released. So really looking forward to this. Yeah, a lot of people are looking for forward to Ben So Ben So Long. It um won the BFI London Film Festival Award. Yeah. Um Michaela Cole is a real treasure. She is. She's, She's a real she treasure. She is the the star of Chewing Gum. Yeah. That series, which, which is a hoot and a half. Yeah. She starred in one of our favorite um, Black Mirror episodes. Absolutely. USS Callister. Yeah. Um, she, is, she is a treasure. Yeah. Uh, I, I wasn't aware that... I had heard about this, but I wasn't aware that it was a musical. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm not one for musicals. I know. It is a musical because she also sings because, of course, she does everything. Of course. Yeah. Of course. She might be the next uh, Whoopi Goldberg. I mean, maybe. I wouldn't be bad. No, not at all. Kelly Price and Kelly Rowland yeah, yeah, are starring yeah. in a BET drama called American Soul. Are you excited, Vince? I am cautiously intrigued. Really? I think BET is doing an overhaul mm-hmm. of their their scripted series division. So there are a couple of things coming down the pike with BET that I'm kind of keeping my eye on. And this is one of those projects. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We we talked last week about Rojo, who had mentioned um, their feelings about the movie Paris Blues. Right, right. A listener. A listener. A, a missionary. Yes. Yes. And it got into some conversation back and forth about Paris Blues yes. and about movies and stuff like that. Uh, let's see. And, but they brought up a movie that I'm not sure if you're aware of called The Intruder. No, I don't think so. Are you aware of this movie, Vince? It, it's actually a very um, cheesy kind of film. Okay. The Intruder is a 1962 American film directed by Roger Corman starring William Shatner. Uh, it depicts the machinations of a racist named Adam Kramer, played okay. by William Shatner, okay, who arrives in the fictitious small southern town of Caxton in order to incite white townspeople to racial violence against the black townspeople and court-ordered school integration. Okay. In the U.S., this movie was also reissued under the titles... Shame and I Hate Your Guts. Okay. Is this a suggestion for the mission? Yes. All right. And it's adapted from a 1959 novel by Charles Beaumont. Okay. I'm not familiar with Charles Beaumont. Me I am neither. familiar with Roger Corman and William Shatner. Me neither. So. That, that sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it necessarily counts as a black film, I mean, but it certainly is. It's, it's worth exploring. It's worth exploring. Ab- that, absolutely. Right? So we may have to look into that. Thank you, uh, all of the listeners who uh, point out all this kind of cool stuff to us. You know, 
God bless the listeners. Bougie Square Society says the movie Clockers has some good music. Sidebar, the Jeff Red song from Strictly Business came on the other day. I almost pulled over <laughs> and started doing The Running Man. <laughs> it's a party starter. No, it's not. <laughs> and you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if Jeff Red can get royalties off of just mentions. <laughs> I bet he wishes he could. I know. I bet he wishes he could. Jeff Red. Was he ever really truly a thing, Jeff Red? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, he was just around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, was, you know, there. There you go. I mean, you know, he was around at the moment. He was like doing the running man. Had a hot top fade. He did have a hot top hit. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to let you know that um, Friday, October 26th, the Michelle Mission is going to be doing our annual Halloween screening. Yes, we are. At Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. It's a free movie screening. And this year we are screening Sugar Hill. Yes. Zombie Gangsters. Yes. That's all you need to know. All you need to know. All you need to know is a 1970s horror film. Uh, Summer Willow is actually going to come down to Amalgam and fix some very special uh, cocktails. Looking forward to that. Yeah. It's really going really to be cool. And it's going to be totally free. It's going to be that, that day at 830. Yes. So, yes. so if you're in the Philadelphia area, hopefully yes, you can please join us. Please come through. Join us. It's a fun time. And then on Saturday, yes, October 27th, the Michelle Mission, we are doing a live broadcast at 1 p.m. from the studios of WPPM as part of their fundraising campaign. And the Michelle Mission is the drive for five. We're trying to make, trying to raise $500 for WPPM and Philly Cam during that hour. Yes, sir. So from the hour of one to two, we're hoping that you, the missionaries, will call into our live broadcast yes, yes. so that we can raise $500 for Philly Cam. And everyone that contributes to that total will receive a special commemorative DVD of The Last Dragon yes. featuring a Audio commentary, yes. full length full audio length. commentary. Two hours, or however many hours it is, like an hour and a half. It just feels like two hours, Lynn? No, it, yeah, it feels <laughs> like two hours, but it is about uh, 88 minutes. Yeah. A full length audio commentary featuring Vince yes. and myself and Ariel Johnson of Amalgam Comics has uh, graciously. <laughs> Offered herself to sit in and provide commentary as well. I don't know how graciously it is because Errol will talk about uh, The Last Dragon if you just run into her. Yes, she will. (laughs) Well, she is the Uncanny Tribble, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy Tribble. Yes, yes, yes. So she has bona fides. Yes, she does. In this. Um, Yeah. You know, I was really looking forward to... To kind of like sitting in and doing this commentary with you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know now. Now she's. <laughs> please, please contribute. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. Yeah, because if we don't make the $500, we're not doing it. <laughs> See, there you go. So if you, do- if you donate and we only make $498, oh. it ain't getting done. Well, then I'll donate the extra two. 
So, okay, yeah, yeah, well, we gotta be, we gotta make the five hundred dollars. Yes. Well, well, now they'll do it just because they hate me. Yeah. <laughs> Season. No, they love to listen to you hate things. Apparently, that yes. is what it is. Yes. Apparently, that is what it is. Well, then, that gets me on to my last point before we get into our review. Okay. Because this is something that I didn't believe that I would hate. Okay. I cannot believe, especially now, it's October. Yes. It's the month of Halloween. It's the month of Halloween. It's boo season. It is boo season. The movie Halloween. Yes. Featuring the actor Tony Todd. The movie... Candyman. I'm sorry. Yes. Right. The movie Candyman. Yes. Featuring the actor Halloween. The featuring, <laughs> the, featuring the actor Tony Todd. Yes. And Virginia Madsen. And Virginia Madsen. It's not streaming. It is online. the most bizarre thing ever. This makes no sense. No. And if people could read the transcript of our conversation... <laughs> Trying to hunt down a streaming <laughs> copy of Candyman. I'm going to say this. We play old guy, oh, we're the old guys, this, that, and the other. Do not get confused. Lynn and I know channels. Yes. To go through. We can hunt. Like, we could not find this anywhere. No place. That makes no sense. It makes no sense. I mean, not even just for black people. No, no, no. I would say in the horror realm, Candyman is considered a classic. Well, like, you know, I'll talk about this in a moment. I did a fair amount of reading on Candyman. Right. Like, this is not some obscure film or, or some film from the from the 80s that that or, or the 90s that was just forgotten and it, right. was, it was just sort of chum for the for 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 blockbuster mm-hmm. like this is this has a legitimate legacy yes and you're absolutely correct it is insane the crazy thing is both of the sequels are streaming that makes no sense i don't think i've even seen any of the sequels i haven't either i haven't either and and you know i obviously we'll talk about this much more next week i suspect that it begot sequels because it was a surprise phenomenon it oh no it most certainly was like i don't know how many people expected candy no nobody to be spoken of in the same breath as you know a freddie or 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 michael myers or or you know these 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 not even anti-heroes but almost anti-protagonists of their own series yeah so but no it's not streaming anywhere so we are working through various channels, and as they say, God willing and the crick don't rise, we will have a hard copy that we can watch. Yes, and be reviewing it next week for you, right. ladies and gentlemen. And this totally, totally blows apart my plans. I'm sorry. Well, it doesn't blow them apart. It pushes back my plans for my movie by two weeks. Yes. But I can't wait for you to review my movie. Oh, I can't wait to hear what it is. Oh, I can't wait. All right. You are going to love it. Okay. You are absolutely going to love the movie that I've chosen for the month of Halloween. Is it Lethal Weapon 2? No. Okay. It's I, not Lethal Weapon I figured Weapon I'd ask. Two. It's not. Okay. I'm right. sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's a Christmas film. That's a, that's a, is it? 
I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, before we start speaking of recommendations and all, I'm angry at every single one of you Ozark people who told me to watch Ozark and you need to watch Ozark and everyone tried to sell me on Ozark and everything in Ozark and all these people in Ozark and not one person mentioned Esai Morales. Oh, okay. If someone had told me Esai Morales was in it, I'd have said, oh, I'm in. Really? Oh, I'm an Esai Morales fan. I like him. Ricky! Thank you very much. That's my dramatic reenactment of Isai Morales as Ricky. Um, how did I just forget Ricky? Um, La 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 Bamba. La Bamba. Oh. Oh, he's in that? He plays his brother. I never saw the movie. You never saw La Bamba with Isai Morales? Well, he's not the star. I mean, I was about to say other people are in it. <laughs> <laughs> but it really is La Bamba, the Ricky Valen story, starring Isa Morales in my head. <laughs> wow. Ricky! That's what he says when he finds out that Ricky died in the, in the plane crash. Mm. Spoiler. Richie Valens died in a, um, <laughs> in a plane, plane crash. crash. <laughs> I'm saying Ricky. He said Richie. Richie! And then his mother punches him in the chest and says, why didn't you die instead of Richie? Because Richie Valens was a rock and roll star, and Isa Morales played his brother, who apparently was a was a hood. I didn't. I didn't. I never saw the film. I'm not the world's greatest Lou Diamond Phillips fan. So <laughs> I was, there was no reason for me to go see well, La Bamba. He's not why you go see La Bamba. Apparently, Isa Morales is in it. Well, no offense. There are other things I'd rather Richie. see Isa Morales in. That's what he said when he found out that he died. All right. Well, he is good in Ozark. Oh, yes, he is. He's very good in Ozark. I only watched the first episode, but I said, oh, it's Isa Morales. And then I said, Richie. That's not what you do when you watch the first episode of Ozark. No, every time I see Isa Morales, that's what I do. Because <laughs> the first time you see you, the first episode of Ozark, you're like, oh, my God. Because there's something that happens. Yes. And you're like, oh, my well, God. Well, I was, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then, you know, re, you know, then, yeah, then you said, plays the, yes. the drug cartel lord. Yes. And I said, Richie. Okay. 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 Which is what he does when he realizes that Richie Valens died. Yes. In, in a, with Buddy Holly. In a plane crash. In the Big Bopper. Yes. Which I always felt bad for the Big the Bopper. The day that rock and roll died. Right. <laughs> well, the day white rock and roll died. Okay. <laughs> Chuck Berry and Lil Richard were chilling. <laughs> the day rock and roll died. That's what they call it. I, yes, that is what they called it. <laughs> I call it the day Chuck Berry had pancakes for dinner. <laughs> the day rock I and roll. I said the died. day I had pancakes for dinner. I remember that day. I had pancakes for dinner. <laughs> Which was different because usually I have pancakes for breakfast. <laughs> Didn't like he grabbed his guitar and invented some more rock and roll. But I always feel bad for the big bopper. 
Cause like the only the only reason people even look at you like that right there, like the face you just made was the reason. That's why I always feel bad for the big bopper. You're like, who the hell is the big bopper? The big bopper is the other guy that died. No, I know that. But okay, no, nobody. nobody that's why I feel bad for him. But isn't he the one that did the? It's like they did Buddy Holly for like twenty years, and then when when La Bamba came out, now everyone says Richie Valens, but like nobody ever talks about the big bopper. But isn't the Big Bopper's claim to fame the song, the original uh, theme song to Happy Days? Is that the Big Bopper? That might be the Big Sunday, Bopper. Sunday, Monday. Happy. Is that the Big Bopper? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think it is. Now nah, I got to look it up. Yeah, I honestly don't know. Like, <laughs> when I think about the Big Bopper. Like, isn't he usually, he has his other, oh, baby. Isn't that the Big Bopper? I mean, I don't know. Like I said, that's not the day rock and roll died in my house. <laughs> that's, not the, that's all I know. Right. It's not the day. You want to talk about Lil Richard? We talk about Lil Richard. I can't really say much about the big bopper, except he's the third guy that died on the plane. Oh, no. It wasn't. It wasn't big bopper wasn't that either. <laughs> that was Bill Haley in the comments. Oh, yeah. Bill the Haley in the comments. Yeah. Right. That's different than the big bopper. So what the hell did the big bopper <laughs> He had his, he, he died on the plane. He was on the plane, <laughs> and he had that song. That's so bad. What was the song? I, it, I don't remember the song, but I thought, "Oh baby," like I thought it had "Oh baby" in it. <laughs> you gotta look up the big bopper, and you gotta look his ass up because so nobody know. What the big bopper? And he was a big dude. Um, he was the big bopper. <laughs> okay, his hit. Was uh, Chantilly Lace. Chantilly Lace. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> what all you Ozark people should have said was Vince, you should watch Ozark. Pause. Esau Morales is in it. To which you would have said, I said, Oh, come on now. Esau Morales? Richie. And then I'd have been in. But y'all just want to talk about Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman is enough. He's enough of a reason to watch it. I mean, he's very, and then and then Linda uh, Laura Lenny, Laura, Laura Lenny. Lenny. Yeah, oh, and they're very 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 good, and they are enough to keep me watching. But I'm saying to get me in, okay, y'all should have said Esau Morales was involved. Okay, well, all right, all right. Well, that's all. I just wanted, I just wanted to say that real quick. Chantilly, something something I mean, don't get me wrong. They made like like the, his music a little catchy. Like I'm not saying that they were bad, but you know, this is the day rock and roll died. Like, what the what are you talking about? The day rock and roll died. Well, like mean, Rosetta Thorpe was sitting somewhere. Yeah, but how often do you lose three? I mean, that's artists oh, on it, like one. It was the day, day. rock and roll suf- suffered a tragedy. Absolutely. Okay. Well. Okay. You well, know. I, we ain't even got to make it about some black stuff. Jerry Lee Lewis was sitting somewhere with his 13-year-old cousin when it happened. Hmm. Or his wife, depending on what day of the week it was. <laughs> That's my other favorite uh, rock and roll bio. I will, I will stop everything. Great Balls watch. of Fire? I will stop everything and watch Great Balls of Fire, no matter what part is on. 
Who's that in there? Who plays him? Um, oh, um, Kurt, not Kurt Russell. Uh, Kurt Russell. It's, uh, what's his name? Because Alec Baldwin plays a young Jimmy Swagger. Really? I've, Remember, they're cousins. I've never seen the movie. Oh, my I've, God. You've never seen Great Balls of Fire? No. No. Did you know Jimmy Swagger and, and Jerry know, Lewis I, were first cousins? No. That's, oh, my God. I, I didn't care. I don't care. I know you don't care. But then you watch the movie. I know. I know that. And I, then suddenly you really care. I know Jerry Lee Lewis dated young girls or or his cousins. Right. He married his, he married his fourteen year old cousin. And that he and like that, everybody and that else derailed his career. Stole a lot of his music. Right. But that derailed his career because yes. he was really he was the one. He was going to be the one instead right. of Elvis. Like he was right. going to overtake Elvis. Then he married his fourteen year old cousin, and as you can imagine, that was frowned upon. Because mm-hmm. Elvis had gone into the army and he was up, mm-hmm. and you know, as far as wild men go, Jerry Lee Lewis was actually a wild dude. So you know, the spirit of rock and roll, and but um, him and Jimmy Swagger were first cousins, I did that and the whole movie, not the whole movie, but like this through line to the movie is Jimmy Swagger trying to save Jerry Lee Lewis's soul. I'm still trying to think of who the actor is. Oh, that. Is um, oh lord, it's not Jeff Bridges. It's not Jeff, Jeff Bridges and Bo Bridges, but this actor it's has Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid, because I, I knew it was, I knew it was an actor that there were, it, there were brother actors. Right, it was some brothers. Dennis Quaid. Right? Yeah, Dennis Quaid, and J- Dennis Quaid is amazing. I like Dennis Quaid. He's amazing in Great Balls of Fire. I'll never know. You are really hurt. Like all jokes aside, Great Balls of Fire is a hoot. Yeah, well, it is fantastic. I can do it without it. All right. Yeah. I've got other things to do. I've got a mission to. Accomplish. Ah, I guess we should get to. Yes, we should. All right. So let's get into our review <laughs> of Beloved. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. What might your name be? Now you come back. 
Beloved, 1998 American horror drama film based on Toni Morrison's 1987 novel of the same name, directed by Jonathan Demme, starring and produced by Oprah Winfrey, Danny Glover, Tandy Newton, Kimberly Alice. The plot centers on a former slave after the American Civil War, her haunting by a poltergeist and the visitation of her reincarnated daughter, whom she murdered out of desperation to save her from a slave owner. Despite being a box office disappointment, Beloved received an Academy Award nomination for Best Costume Design for Colleen Atwood, and both Danny Glover and Kimberly Elise received high praise for their performances. In this film, which was Vince's selection for the stop on the Michelle mission, this film, which part of which was filmed not only in Pennsylvania, but right here in the city of brotherly love mm-hmm. inside of Philadelphia. Vince, what say thee of beloved? Well, and, and to, to really be more specific, this is our first film in October, which it has become our tradition. It's nice to have traditions mm-hmm. that we have horror films, supernatural films, films that are Halloween themed, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, as we mentioned a little bit before, this was not my initial choice. You know, initially we chose Candyman, which you can understand why Candyman would be a film that we talked about during October. And Beloved has always has been floating around in my head for the past couple of years mm-hmm. because I knew, you know, as time goes on, we'll hit the big ones and then we have to really think and Beloved's always been there. And I have to say that as a last minute substitution, the past couple of days for me have been a real exercise in that saying that steel sharpens steel. Because in full disclosure, Lynn, you and I actually went back and forth about this a little bit where Lynn said, I don't think this is horror. While, you know, why are you choosing this? This doesn't seem like a film that fits. And my wife agreed with you Mm -hmm. so that I had conversations with both of you that forced me to sharpen my rhetoric, as they say. Right. Like if I'm going to if I'm going to talk about this and this is my film, you know, just because there's a ghost. There needs to be some. So it had me, it made me think about horror and, and, and horror in film and the tradition of horror. And I've been thinking about it already because, again, this was a last minute substitution. So I'd been doing a lot of reading about Candyman and, and how Candyman was received and this and the other. And long story short, what I'm coming to is I think that there are films that are black films but aren't necessarily black horror films. And I'll talk about that more next week when we do Candyman, but suffice it to say, I was thinking about what would I say is a black horror film. Mm-hmm. And I thought about, of course, Get Out. And and Get Out really spoke to me in this fashion because it's been a running joke. You know, I don't really do scary movies as any other, but Get Out, I was pretty cool immediately because as I've said every single time that we talk about Get Out, the decisions that the protagonist makes in Get Out are decisions, except for maybe two decisions he makes in the entire movie, I would never do any of the things that he did in the movie. Right. 
And yet the film resonates with me. And what I realize is that although personally I would not have done the things that he did culturally, this fear of having your body kidnapped about having your body taken speaks to me as a descendant of enslaved peoples. Mm -hmm. And this is very much something that I'm not the first person to say this or the fifth person to say this, that this is very much a black fear stemming back to slavery and then when we talk about horror and like actual horror like not slasher movies not gore i'm talking about something like the amityville horror or or poltergeist Mm -hmm. or 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 the wicker man Mm -hmm. or all of these things to me the best examples speak to fear Mm -hmm. a fear that we have and when i think about black fear Again, get out the fear of having our bodies taken. Something like Ganjin Hess, which we did a couple of years ago, where I think essentially this is a film that speaks to the fear that many of us have of what will happen if we are detached too much from our culture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just sort of wither away. And I think at its heart, Beloved is a film. It's a story. I mean, it's based on the novel the, the well, very, very well celebrated novel by Toni Morrison. Pulitzer Prize winner. Pulitzer Prize and no, I mean, she won the Nobel for her body of work, mm-hmm. but but certainly Beloved is the first line of the application. Mm-hmm. So Pulitzer, Nobel Prize winning. And this is a film or story rather about a very specific type of parenthood fear. I think when you're a parent, there's the fear of something happening to your child anyway, just ac- across the board, regardless of race, nationality, whatever. You know, something like Finding Nemo, mm-hmm. quite honestly, makes me uneasy sometimes. Something like one of my favorite movies until I had a kid, Raising Arizona, the Coen mm-hmm. Brothers mad dash comedy. Somehow a slapstick comedy about kidnapping babies wasn't quite so funny to me anymore once I had a baby. Right. So you start with there, this sort of parent, this 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 fear that comes with parenthood mm-hmm. of something happening to your child or your child disappearing. You put black parenthood on top of that, which I think is a, is a, a more specific type of fear. Goes back to slavery. Our children are taken from us all the way to this exact second where it's sort of, you know, like I'm, I'm. I think it's funny, but it's really kind of dark funny. Where so many white people are flabbergasted by learning that the talk exists, mm. that so many black parents give to their black children, and I distinctly remember when my parents sat me down and gave me the talk, and I've given the talk to my 13 year old daughter, and this, the fact that in 2018, as a black parent. You fear for your children. You fear something's going to happen. You fear that the world is going to take them. But this is really a film about black motherhood Mm -hmm. and that fear. So that everything we've just said, or you know, I've just said, finding Nemo and just your fear of your child and your child's like, you know, keeping track of your child. Black parenthood. I'm not a black mother, but I'm a black father. So this fear of something happening to your children. And then you put 
black motherhood on top of it. And not only do you have all of those fears, but I think traditionally, all the way up until this exact second, not only do black mothers fear for their children and fear for their, you know, for something happening, but there's also this level of disrespect Mm. that black motherhood gets. Yes. Where there's there's this 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 great line in Beloved where where Setha who, who's the character played by Oprah Winfrey says they stole my milk, and she's talking about when she was she was trying to run because she was enslaved and she's caught she's sexually assaulted, but because she is nursing mm-hmm. she has breast milk and and they they they. They suck the milk out of her breast. Man, that is a gripping scene, man. That so is that a disturbing her, scene. Her motherhood is defiled. Yes. But I think this is something that happens to black mothers when we talk about the foster care system, when we talk about the over-policing of children and what that looks like. Oftentimes, we always fall back on, well, what, what about the mother? What was the mother doing? What did the mother do? Exactly. And all of this is in this film. So that when you have this and 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 we talk about we we force black mothers to make impossible choices. In this case, the impossible choice is that after Setha has escaped from mm-hmm. slavery with right. her children, her enslavers have caught her, and rather than putting her children back into slavery, she thinks it's better to kill them. Right. And they stop her after she kills one child. Two. No one. Only one. Remember that yeah, they only kill beloved. She knocks out the two her two sons. And, oh. Right, right. Because remember they wake up. Right. Right. And then uh Denver Denver is, is still a base. She doesn't get a chance to kill Denver. Right. But then they call her a monster. Yeah, and in one of the very nice touches in the film, the black community judges her for it. Yes, and this is black horror to me. And then Beloved comes back, and Beloved has her own judgment, mm-hmm. and there is this judgment, this unfair judgment of black motherhood that is personified in this film. So that my read of it as horror fits very neatly in with, again, Get Out and with something like Ganja and Hess. Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways, I think this film was ahead of its time. I think the Babacock, which came out a few years ago. Babadook. Babadook, I'm sorry, which is also about motherhood. Mm -hmm. And I did not watch it, (laughs) but I read about it because it was really fascinating. Or even the film Mama. Yeah. Which also came out, which is about this motherhood fear. In this case, it was white motherhood. You would like mama. I'm not watching mama. You would like mama. The commercial for mama scared me. Vince, you would like that mama. little girl saying, Mama. You would like mama. I, I mean, I'm sure I would, but then it, I, it's not what you think. Okay. But these films, th- this sense that horror is more than what you think it is. Mm-hmm. They just slash. I think. Beloved fits very neatly. So, yes. so that's sort of my argument for it as horror. As a film here on the mission, I think it's an okay film. I think Oprah Winfrey, who you have to start with, who's the star, I actually...
actually she actually did better than I thought she did. Mm-hmm. Than I remember her doing. I still think she's miscast. Mm-hmm. From the moment that I read this book all the way until this exact moment that I'm speaking on the mic, I always thought Debbie Morgan should have played Seth. Oh, yeah, I can see that. From the first time I read Beloved, I saw Debbie Morgan. Oprah is not as distracting as she has been in other things to me. And and the irony is, I think Oprah is good in the scenes with just her, Tandy Newton, and Kimberly Elise. The family scenes. The family scenes. I think Oprah in her scenes with Danny Glover, who plays Paul Paul D. D., are awkward and mm. don't really work, but I think that that's because of Danny Glover, frankly, more than Oprah. Really, like I, I just don't think they have chemistry. I don't think Danny Glover is 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 the person that they want us to think he is. Like he seems like like the three women seem like they are they have inhabited their roles. Mm-hmm. Danny Glover seems like he's playing a part. If that makes any sense, okay. Like I never actually buy Danny Glover as someone who was enslaved for most of his life Mm. and has been walking all this time and now he's here. So Danny Glover doesn't really work for me. Kimberly Elise, I like Kimberly Elise in this film. Mm -hmm. I really like Kimberly Elise and I think Kimberly Elise has a very, very difficult job because the vast majority of the time she's on screen, she's acting opposite Tandy Newton who plays this 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 baby right in adult form and the thing about Tandy Newton's performance I, I don't think you can like you either loved her or you hated her because it is a balls out crazy performance yep and she puts it all on the table and it worked for me like it worked for me Mm-hmm. Where she is awkward, she is a baby, mm-hmm. she is eerie, mm-hmm. she is frightening, mm-hmm. she is innocent, she is manipulative, and the vast majority of it is through her body mm-hmm. because she doesn't talk a lot, right? But it's all in her expression, but it's so big her performance is so big mm-hmm. that you know again either you buy it or you don't and poor kimberly elise has to find a space in all of this and i think she does right yeah i think the film looks great i mean it's, it's jo- i mean it's jonathan demi it's jonathan demi and and you know unfortunately i think the the, the real parallel with this film is the color purple right and i think they get everything right about how it looks Yes. That the color purple gets wrong. The color purple is way too pretty. Mm. Whereas this has the grittiness. It has the grayness. You you have the feeling that these are people who are haunted figuratively and literally by the specter of slavery. Yes. And it 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 just permeates how this film looks. Film is way too long. Yes. Comes in at three hours. I understand the instincts of the of, of the, the screenplay and of the script writers. At this point, 
like you said, Beloved has won a Nobel Prize. Beloved has won a Pulitzer. It is so such a <laughs> beloved work. Mm-hmm. There are so many parts of it that people have been waiting for a decade. To see dramatized. To see dramatized that you can tell the script didn't want to leave anything out. Right. But for for my for, for my money, you barely need Paul D. You need Paul D to move the thing along. Like Paul D has to come in the film so that Beloved comes back. Paul D has to have some level of intimacy with Setha so that you get that vein with mm-hmm. Beloved. But I, I think the vast majority of of Danny Glover's performance doesn't have to be there. Right. And I think there's a lot of this that could have been edited out. Yeah. So that this three-hour really bloated film, mm-hmm. I think there's a dynamite two-hour cut of it. Yep. But I agree. as far as what this is, I think Beloved is a good fit for what we're talking about this month. I can see the horror... It fitting in that horror theme because of not just because of the whole, you know, ghost and everything, but the 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 eeriness of the movie and especially as the movie starts out, because the movie starts out. Well, very early in the movie, Danny Glover basically walks in that house is like, child, what type of evil you got in here? Like, okay, Mm -hmm. all right. I see where we're going here with this film. Now, I don't think. I think. Story-wise, it's explained why whatever evil he senses kind of soon and actually has to fight against in the early part of the movie um, actually kind of leaves fairly early on because it then we're led to believe becomes perhaps personified in the beloved character. Right. But we're never really given any details on why he walks in there and can sense it. You know, why does he sense evil? Like he's, he, he won't even cross the threshold when mm-hmm. he, because he, he senses evil. Um, that's never followed up on. And, 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 and that was just a little thing that stuck in, in the back of my head. I was waiting for some type of character beat about Paul D to be explained as to why he was so entombed with whatever was going on in the house, mm-hmm. you know? Why, when all of a sudden things start flying off the walls and the tables come flying after him, he's like, you know, yo, you will not beat me. Like, all of a sudden, like, he's, you know, he he's, like, he's Dr. Fate in this joint. Dr. Strange, like, the, 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 I'm here for a reason. By the eye of Agamatu, he was ready for it, you know? So I was waiting for some type of character detail to, to spell that out, and it never came. Because that never came, I agree with you that most of the scenes with him can be excised out. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know if that goes a long way to trim. I think that goes a long way to trimming the fat on the movie. I don't think it get rid, get rid of all of it, but it gets a lot of it out of there. You know, um, that being said, however, I did enjoy Danny Glover in the movie. You know, I agree with you. I don't think that. I don't think he had super chemistry with Oprah, but I think there was some there. I think they were both talented actors. Like you said, I think they were acting chemistry. Um, But I did like him 
and maybe and maybe it's just me liking Danny Glover, and and part of it was maybe watching Danny Glover in a period piece, and he's not the villain, mm-hmm. so I'm like, you know, I'm like kind of like happy for that. Well, he's kind of not the villain. He does he does one thing that I'm like, Danny, why? But he, you know, well, spoiler for a twenty year old movie and a thirty year old book. Yeah, you know, he sleeps with beloved. Well, beloved, not even seduces him. I she doesn't she, seduce she puts him. Puts a spell on him. Is that what she did? Yeah, I mean, they have the red glow. Oh, I guess they did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. And if you're believing that she's kind of like some kind of personification of some type of poltergeist or whatever, so you can agree. That, all right. Which, let's put a pin in that, because I think we can come back to that. We certainly can come mm-hmm. back to that. Um, I had never seen this film. Mm. I thought that I had, but I, upon watching it, I realized I never saw the film. You're thinking about Lethal Weapon 2. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's easy to see where I got the two mm-hmm. confused. Danny Glover's in both of them. But uh, having sat down to watch this film, while it is too long, I agree with the Academy Award that Colleen Atwood should have been nominated for a costume design. I thought the, the, the costuming and, just the, and also the set design in the movie was just spot on. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like I was transported back to the, the middle 1800s of, or late 1800s of Ohio, which is where this movie is actually set. Um, and I enjoy Jonathan Demme as a, as a director mm. in general. I, I just appreciate, I appreciate his thoughtfulness to the works that he does. Um, so I was, you know, right on there. And I actually was captivated by his, his choice in this film to do these very intense and very stark close-ups where, and they weren't even like close-ups, but of the character looking at someone else. No, the character was almost breaking the fourth wall to a degree, looking directly at the, I mean, like straight on at the character, at the camera in many, many scenes, you know, and all of them were doing it. Setha, uh, Beloved, Denver, all the characters were called upon in this movie at one time or another, or maybe more than once, to speak their lines and their feelings directly to the camera, which made that very intense and made the uh, what they were doing very visceral for me. I really felt it in, in the way that he did that. Uh, it had that gave this film, despite its bloated nature a little bit of a independent film, an independent vibe, because that's like one of the, the, the catch-alls of independent films. You do a lot of close-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, I really enjoyed that. Uh, Tandy Newton is very showy in this movie. In this movie. And like you said, it's a, it's a, it's choices that you are either going to like it or you're not going to like it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, for the most part, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I was right there with her. And you're right. She's everything at once. Innocent, scary, creepy, you know, diabolical, you know, spellbinding. She's all of that at one at one at one moment. At the same moment, mm-hmm. especially in a scene where she sits with Kimberly Elise, telling Kimberly Elise how much she loves her mom. We don't need you. I mm-hmm. only need her. 
And then she quickly, and it's not even a turn on a dime, You, but you can feel her turn to try and then get on Denver's side so that she'll tell her her story about how mama had her. Mm-hmm. And like, and just it's really beguiling what happens because because Denver is pissed mm-hmm. at her is pissed and hurt at the same time but then she is somehow coaxed back into but it's my it's my quote unquote sister it's my sister and yes I will tell you this story uh it, it, that was just really really like some really excellent acting on both of their parts. It's amazing that this movie. It's amazing that this is not the movie that introduces Kimberly Elise. I know that actually was set it off. Isn't that crazy? It, it is crazy. Yeah. One because you believe that Kimberly Elise is a little girl in the yeah. beginning of the movie. Yeah, oh, you know yeah. what I mean. You totally. I totally believe like the like. Oh, this must have. You sure that set it off was her first film because she certainly looks younger here, but she's not. She, I, I totally buy it. You one hundred percent buy in on that man and i think more so than anything that i have seen kimberly elise do she shows so much range yes in this movie she is so effortlessly dynamic and honestly to me steals this movie from Every single person. I am sitting there just waiting for her to be on the screen. I am watching this. I am enjoying this movie through her eyes, Mm -hmm. through her story. And the only reason why I buy in, I'm buying in as I'm watching this to the three hour runtime is because I know that, well, this can't be the end of her story. Right. So I'm going to continue this on so that we continue we can go on her story. Now, Quiet is Kept, this easily could have been Beloved 1 and Beloved 2. Yeah, and then oh, yeah. you could have just been the story of Denver right. on the second half. But let's get it all in. And and, and by then I'm kind of I'm in there and I'm in there for her so that I'm just I'm just writing it out. Um uh, but she real she really steals this movie for me. Uh I enjoyed the way that this movie plays with time, mm-hmm. you know, in its storytelling, which and which I have come to understand, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, I've come to understand is um, something that Toni Morrison does in a few of her books. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Okay, so I, I absolutely. I, so I and I appreciate th- them doing that because it would have been very easy to be more linear, right, with it. But no, to keep with that storytelling element with it, and and I liked it because it's almost like you know you're putting the pieces of a puzzle together. Well, I I think it speaks to something that you said that again speaks to them trying to have it both ways where where you said you didn't understand or or rather they didn't explain Paul D mm-hmm. sensing it and then it's never followed up on I think one of the themes you have in the book is that sweet home which is the plantation right. that Setha and Paul D know each other from is still in their heads yeah so that what you do see like the dream sequences you see stuff. the and and you know you don't even want to call it a flashback 
mm-hmm. because it's still there and it's still happening. Yeah. And not only do you have, uh, again, speaking of this being black horror, black horror, not only are they still psychologically scarred, yeah, and they have this this same scar because they're from the same place. But it's now become a generational curse. Yes. Where the real, I think you're right. I think Denver having her own arc is the closest you're going to get for a, to a happy ending. Mm-hmm. That Denver has sort of broken the cycle. You know, it's Beloved. People have been writing about Beloved for 30 some years. What I'm about to say is not Vince. Like, again, people have written about this forever. I've read some critics that say, that beloved is a figment, not a figment of their imagination, but that she's not actually there. Yeah, I've read some of that too. Because the only, and you know, talking about the close-ups, in my mind, Demi making the choice for these really tight close-ups is to visually tell us that this is psychological. Mm. You know, we are we're in their heads. Mm-hmm. Because if you just from the from the level of plot. No one sees Beloved except for these three people, three people until the very end. Mm -hmm. So that is this all in their heads? And, and, you know, I think you're you're right to talk about this use of flashback in time, even calling it a flashback. It's not a flashback if it's still happening. Right. And all of that is is in this film. Or, or rather, it's in this story. But, I, I, yeah, Kimberly Elise is great in this. Kimberly Elise is great. You, you know, I think, I think Oprah and 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 Danny Glover. I'm going to keep leaning on they don't have chemistry because I have to say, until fairly recently, I thought that this was a deficit in Oprah Winfrey's acting, mm. and I never, I've never seen Oprah as a sexualized figure Mm -hmm. in anything that she's done until, you know, frankly, Greenleaf, Mm -hmm. like she shows up on some episodes of Greenleaf and, and it has absolutely clicked where it's like, Oh, all right, Oprah. Mm -hmm. That's my, that's my critical response to Oprah on Greenleaf. Oh, all right, Oprah. I see you as a mother figure where you do have an, and, and, and we should probably shout out, Mike, because you said Mike sent the link to Kimberly Elise's interview. Yeah, uh, Mike Mike Dennis of Real Black. He did an interview with Kimberly Elise when right. they did a screening of Beloved right. a few years Which ago. Which I had to stop watching, frankly, because I didn't want to taint this episode and what I had to say. Well, first of all, sidebar, can we talk about the fact that everybody in this film pretty much looks the same way in 2018? How about that? Like, you're talking about Black Don't Crack. Mm-hmm. Like one of they have a great one of the great supporting roles, Lisa Gay Hamilton. Gay Hamilton, who's an actress that I like a lot. I was actually waiting. I was going to shout her out. Yeah, I like her a lot, and never got you know here you go. Never got as big as I thought she should have gotten. I don't know if you've ever heard me say that about an actress before, <laughs> but she plays young Setha. Yes, because certainly Oprah couldn't play herself twenty years in the past. Right. But in 2018, Oprah pretty much looks like she looks like she did in 1998. Mm-hmm. But then everybody in the cast does. But in the in the part of the interview that I was watching with Kimberly Elise, and then I had to turn it off. She talks about how 
Oprah invited she and Tandy Newton to her farm. Yeah. And the three of them spent time. And there is this real intimacy between the three women mm-hmm. that comes across during scenes when Seth is telling them stories. Or there's a wonderful scene where where Setha goes and buys ribbon and and candy. Isn't that nice? And they all run through the house and and this is Setha this is Setha's one true moment of joy in the film. Right, because it comes after she realizes she realizes that beloved is is the baby that died. Yeah. Yeah. And they're running through and, and they're happy and there's an again an intimacy between these three women. And when they wake up and they're in front of a fire after Paul D has left, which the the men the men do not avail of themselves very well in this film. No, they do the, not. Then the, the men, the men all the men. <laughs> Paul D actually says in the beginning when Seth tells him that her sons have run away, and instead of Paul D saying, "Oh well, that's a shame," he says, "A Negro boy with legs has to use them." Yeah. So you have this theme throughout the film that men can't handle this. And then unfortunately, sometimes that mirrors reality. Yeah. Like mothers are always left holding the bag. True. Even though in Paul D's defense, if we are to be believed that he was bewitched by beloved. Right. She pushes him out. Right. So he kind of like got got pushed out as opposed to although he doesn't leave until he finds out what setha does did to the baby that's when he leaves and like everyone else in the film he judges her yeah so what's the difference between paul d leaving because he has judged her that's true the black community who has judged her for 18 years or or the white slaveholder who calls her a monster yeah, you're right. Like I've come to take all of you back, but you're the monster. You're right. I did, I did forget about that. Even so, well, now, okay. I hate to come off like I'm am judging her though, but you tell me she killed the baby. Yes. Was her intention? Do you believe to kill all the children? Yes. And then herself. Yes. Okay. Yes. But, this is actually. This is this is this was a true story. This actually right. It's happened. based on a true yeah, story. It's based on a true story of a woman who did this. Well, well right, like loosely, loosely, right, loosely. Uh, Toni Morrison read it in an old newspaper, right, from the time that she had found. Um, but I, I mean, you there, there. It's well documented that women oftentimes, you know, there are pregnant women who jumped over jumped over the side on slave ships mm-hmm. who would rather who you know they said i'd ra- i don't want my children to live here uh, so real quick because I, I don't want to lose this you you have wanted to shout out lisa gay hamilton who played the younger setha yes and i wanted to definitely shout her out as well um i first like many people i would imagine or or, mo- or or I first became familiar with her, and like many people are probably most familiar with her, when she was on the TV show The Practice. Yes. For a number of years. Um, and I immediately became like a big fan of hers. And she is someone who in my life is, is right up there with... Uh, Penny Johnson. They are two actresses yes, that's who, a good pull. who I just like every time 
ever since I, I first came upon them, I just like finding them in their career and exactly where they're going, what they're doing. You know what I mean? And, yeah. I, and I will admit that um, another actor, another actress like this, um, not a black tra- actress, though, is Sandra Oh. It's another actress. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I like checking in on her to see what she's doing. And Sandra Oh is doing, um, she, she's got like a hit series right now that she just was nominated for. Yeah, uh, Killing Eve. Yeah, for yeah, Emmy. And then for, she was on uh, Witch Face forever. What, what? Oh, well, yeah, she was on Grey's Anatomy, Anatomy forever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, Penny Johnson, she most recently showed up. She's in the Orville. Yeah, I was about to say, she's on your joint. Which, like, when I saw her, I was like, oh, my God, it's Penny Johnson. Um, so it, so that was the light. I am, will admit that I have lost track of Lisa uh, Gay Hamilton. But watching her in this movie, uh, I am reminded of how much I enjoy her. Uh, and if you have only know her from the practice, or maybe it's been a long time since seeing this movie, she is she is so so great in this role. Yeah. Like like I easily you know I don't think Oprah does a bad job, but I would have been happy if they had just cast Lisa Gay Hamilton yeah. as older Setha too. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think she definitely could have pulled that off. She she is just like like breathtaking in this movie and the heartache that she feels when she sees those white men come up to our home and she takes off with those kids. I mean, you, you feel it viscerally in your bones, man. And then this, the scene, because it's her that when we see the flashback to when Setha, you know, uh, uh, loses her milk, you know, and, and then, you know, "Quote unquote," has the tree planted on her back. Right, right. Where they've whipped her. Man, let me tell you, man. I it's been a long time since I've been close to tears watching the movie, and and that almost got me there. Um, and then there's another scene when when she, Oprah, Setha is telling the girls as she's doing their hair, we, you know, black, black women film. It's got to, got to have some hair in there. Yeah. Uncombing Denver's hair and telling her the story about her mother. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, what happens to her mother, man. Who? Yeah. Who, man, that is some, and, and Oprah sells it. Oprah yeah. sells it, and then the scene, the scene sells it. The direction sells it. Oh, all yeah. of the, all of the choices were just so, so smart. You know the sepia tones on the flashbacks. Oh, it's just, it's just some beautiful filmmaking yeah. going on from director to actor to cinematographer for set design to costuming everything. In this movie, I mean, honestly, like like you said, the one thing you could say on this movie, it's too long. Yeah. But even with that, it's so it goes from being what could have been a solidly great film to it's a good film. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that goes a long way to the box office disappointment that it was one because a three hour film you can't play. But so often there's that theaters. I also think they horribly miss 
advertise this film. Yeah, because I don't remember it, it being I advertised. Think, I think Oprah Winfrey, frankly, tried to pull the okie doke on the Oprah Winfrey people. Mm-hmm. Because, I, you know, I followed this very closely because mm-hmm. I've read Beloved, of, of, you know, three or four times myself, one of my favorite novels. Like, it really is, like, it really is one of those novels. Like, like Native Son, Moby Dick, like, everything everyone says about Beloved is absolutely correct. But Oprah really tried to sell it to her people like you know these sort of white suburban housewives and they watch oprah and we love oprah and we're gonna go see oprah and danny glover's involved and it's like a reunion from the color purple and i think people went into this thinking they were going to see a period piece love story Mm -hmm. quite honestly Mm -hmm. and even you know as i just said or even if not that just some kind of like some slave movie you know but it was like, I think everyone knew it was after slavery. I'm telling you, people thought they were going to see a period piece love story that looked like the color purple. Mm. And again, when you look at the advertising for it today, like when you stream this on Fios, mm-hmm. it's a shot of Oprah and Danny Glover. That's true. Looking dreamily into the sky as if they're looking towards the future. I know. However, there are movie Im- movie poster images out there, and it's one that I use for our promo specifically, just to be different, that are the scenes of Tandy Newton when she's all in the black up against the tree, which I think is really striking. I think it's really striking. I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't remember, but... That wasn't more prominent. It I don't know how much prominent. that image was used. It wasn't that. Right. You're right. Because besides the three-hour time time then i think you know just just pragmatically you're absolutely right you can only run it so many times mm-hmm. this is a hard film well yeah like i said this man, is a hard if you film. go into this film and even if you're trying to buy into where it's going early on mm-hmm. you know with the whole creepiness and the like you know the the stuff flying off the walls and stuff the second you get to this the scene about how she lost her milk and you they stole get, her milk. They stole her milk. Yeah, yes, right. They said right. They, they she didn't stole lose her it. milk, and you get in the flashback again, extreme close up of her breast. Yeah, being sucked on by two white guys. Right, laughing and joking. Yes. Yeah. That is mad disturbing. Right. While Paul Paul D has is shackled is shackled and watching right and it's fire and i mean it is it is pretty intense yeah yeah i I mean quite honestly last night when i was watching it and and i knew this like i said i've read the book i knew this i've seen this before i knew the scene was coming the scene where they come the slaveholders come and she grabs her children Mm -hmm. I, i i had to pause it yeah. And I did like my son was cutting up. It was bedtime. He was cutting up. And I did. I said, this is probably let me go. And y'all can't see me doing the air quotes. Help. <laughs> Tuck him in. Right. And I did. I just went up. I, I went upstairs and I just held him for a little while. You do. You do. It, it 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 is tough. It does, man. And it makes you it it makes you want to grab your kids, man. Yeah. I, I, I didn't do that. My daughter's in New Mexico, but I text her. I text yeah. her. I just I just said, "Hey, I love you." Yeah. You know? And it was around that same time because it it makes you feel like you said it, it that is the fear. Right. 
And and it's all the more visceral when you've just come out of slavery. You're still feeling the the right. the, the, the whips on your back. Right. Again, this 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 in some HP Lovecraft talking no. about the you know the the unseen ones. This is American history. Yeah. So it in you, you know again if you are descended from these people, it it does it 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 hits you in your bones. You know where another scene that hit me there was um. Uh, a scene with a scene with uh, 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 Paul D and Setha in bed and like you, you you get the sense that they're making love but again it's extreme close ups you already know she has the tree of marks on her back right but knowing Paul D has come from you know being a black man coming from that same time period he has his own markings right so in these extreme close-ups sometimes all you're seeing is a black skin of marks yeah just and and just hands just like lovingly touching them passionately but it was it was they were lovingly touching the scars but in a way i felt that they were trying to find some form of passion through the pain right. that they knew and the shared experience. Yeah, yeah, and that re- that really like struck me. So man. again, I watched Oprah. They had a segment, and and Celine Dion was on, mm-hmm. and she talked to Celine Dion, and, and they had a nice conversation. There's a cooking segment mm-hmm. about how you can half your recipe for mashed potatoes <laughs> and like do mashed cauliflower instead. Oh. And mix it together, and the kids won't even notice, and it's healthy. That's interesting. And also, I'm in this film, Beloved. <laughs> so why don't y'all run out and make sure you see Beloved. When we come back, Michael Bublé is coming on, <laughs> and he's going to sing some tunes. See you after the commercial. And everybody's getting a copy of Beloved. <laughs> and, and right. So I can imagine, like, oh, I can imagine the beloved party, right? Like you didn't read Beloved, you know. I mean, you know, it's like, like how many people, have, you know, who reads these things? Yeah, you know, it won all these awards. People talk about like you bought it; it's sitting there on a shelf. But it's like, um, what's another one of those books like everybody bought? But like, who like actually read it? Like Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Like people, right. like people bought it. Like did you did people did you read it? Yeah. So you know, I bought Beloved. It's all thick. And then, you know, go go to the movies. And you go in there, the first thing that happens is a poltergeist mangling a dog against the walls. Yo, yeah, man. That's the other thing. That's the other thing. You, you go into this movie, and there's a dog with his eye hanging out. Right. And she's popping the eye back in. I'm like, what is this you know, movie? The, the, the boys are about to leave because that's what men do. They run. They go to take a cake. And a baby's handprint appears in the cake I know. and moves the cake. I know, that was creepy. Welcome to Beloved. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to rape and fire and slavery. So, yes, I can imagine that this was a box office failure. And I want you to touch me in my inside. Oh my. <laughs> it's a lot. It's, it's, it's a... Woo! But I think if this film had come out in the past five years. Like, there's been a real renaissance of smart horror. They follow Mama, 
what was it the Baba? Because I always mispronounce Baba Duke. Baba Duke, Get Out. Mm-hmm. Like, there's been some really smart horror in doing things with the genre. Mm-hmm. And I think Beloved would work really, really well in that conversation. I do too, but I also think that it would not even just as a horror film. I think just as a more of just a uh, a different type of black narrative. Yeah, I think this would do well. Like, I think this is a movie that, and you know, we saw it on like Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think this is a movie that if it was streaming on Netflix would find an audience. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. It, it, un- unfortunately, it would have to find the audience. And and it's sort of what we talk about all the time with Spike Lee in these films in the 90s. It really was, I believe, a catch-22 where I still think Oprah was a distraction. Mm. Just being because she's Oprah Winfrey. Mm-hmm. But I also don't know if this film gets made. It doesn't get made without her. If Oprah Winfrey isn't in it. I mean, Oprah Winfrey, she optioned this optioned the the story not long after the book came out. Yeah, yeah, eighty and it's 80, yeah, eighty seven. Yeah. Yeah. And it still took her, Oprah Winfrey, yeah. ten years to get it so out. So I know part of the production package that was put together. Was Oprah? Was that you have to be in it? Yeah, and it's a shame. Which quiet is kept. Let's be honest. She probably wasn't balking at the idea. No, no, no. no I'm, I'm sure she. I'm, I'm sure you know. Again, she was better than I remembered. Right. It's not like she was like you know. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's not like she was horrible. Yeah, but I have to say, I think when I when I think about Oprah's body of work. You know, you start with the color purple, of course. I liked her in the Women of Brewster place. Yeah. I like her in Greenleaf. You know, she's been in things on and off throughout the years. Mm. But I think as she becomes more of this iconic figure, literally mm. figure, like just her face and her, as I said last year when we talked about A Wrinkle in Time, I thought she was the most distracting thing in A Wrinkle in Time. Mm-hmm. I think it is a testament to her acting that she doesn't become distracting in a film like this and she's able to submerge herself into character in a way that again I don't think Danny Glover ever does so but I want to see I again you watch this film and uh for me and I I would fall in love all over again with uh Kimberly Kimberly Elise. I'm looking at her filmography right now. As far as films, I've been disappointed in her choices. Yeah, her choices haven't been well. She was in Dope, right? She plays a mom in Dope, I believe, if I remember correctly. Uh, she was in Almost Christmas. Eh. Exactly. She was in Death Wish. Eh. But look at it this way: in 2018, say what you want. She's working. Oh, absolutely. She was in four, she's in four films in 2018. Death Wish, Head Shop, Hell Bent, and then an, another movie, uh, a, a movie coming out next year, Ad Astra. Uh, and then, as far as on television, uh, 
she most recently was a regular on the um, Hit the Floor. I think that was a BET no, series. Let's be very clear. As we all know, I'm always happy when these actors are working. But I think because of Beloved and because of Set It Off, which we've talked about previously, mm-hmm. I want more from Kimberly Elise. Yeah. The funny thing is, up until a couple of years ago, I was saying the same thing about Tandy Newton. True. Like, I've been very underwhelmed by her career, but I'm, I'm like, I think her role as Maeve has, has made me rediscover my love for Tandy Newton. Well, it certainly made the the universe rediscover. She won right. an Emmy award. Right. It was, it was completely appropriate, though. This is another examination of black motherhood. How about that? Like, this is a black mother making hard choices mm-hmm. to get to her child. Mm-hmm. So, oh, there wow. you go. She's, I wonder, I'd be curious to talk to her to see whether or not she saw any symmetry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now she's the mother. Interesting. So... Well, I have to say, you 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 enjoyed this more than I, I thought you were going to enjoy it. For. Really? Yeah, somebody. I didn't think I was going to enjoy yeah, it you, at all. You, you and my wife kind of came at me a little hard the past couple of days. Only about, about the only about, about the, the timing in which we're watching. This it. was a much more pleasant conversation than I had envisioned. <laughs> I came here with my sword and my shield. Would you recommend people see Beloved? That is a good question. I think there is much more good than bad. I do too. Three hours is a long time. Set aside some time. Three hours is a long time and it is a long time when you can see places that don't have to be there. Yeah. yeah. Again, I completely understand we had a similar conversation about fences. Mm-hmm. Where you get these sacred texts. Mm-hmm. And how do you, like, how do you cut part of a sacred text? But I, I, I think there's much more good than bad. I think it's an important film for our conversations about black films. Yeah. Be, because, again, I think this is a film that speaks to something very specific. Yes, about the black experience, and so, I th- I think it's an important film because it's based on or adapted from a more important book. Yes, that being honest, most people, if you haven't read it already, aren't going to read. Right. So therefore, w- that makes the film all the more important, and also to a degree makes. Um, the length of it may be a little bit more palatable because now you're getting a fuller sense of the, the full text. Right, right. And maybe it'll lead people to the text. Maybe. Which, But if you don't, you've got you a fuller you, sense got, of it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? But I, I would. I, w- I would absolutely recommend this film. I re- recommend it. I would re- this, is a, this is a movie that if you haven't done, like, laundry for, like, three weeks... <laughs> If you just bum rush, wash all your clothes, just wash them all, just wash them all, and then in one sitting, <laughs> fold your just clothes fold and watch Beloved. Yeah. That's yeah. what this movie is. Because it is a movie that 
you have to pay attention to. Oh, yeah. You can't be watching this and making dinner. No. So you've got to be sitting or working on the computer. Right. So you've got to sit there and be folding your clothes and just get lost in the imagery. Yeah. Which I think for the most part you will do. And then by the time you realize, damn, this movie's still on? <laughs> it's almost over. Right. So right, you right. might as well just. Well, there's actually an extra half hour. True. <laughs> But by then, you're like, well, I got to see how it ends up. Yeah, there's a point in the film. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is where the book ends. How's it still another half hour? Yeah. But I think they heard what you said, that the film had become Denver's story. Yeah. So. So So there you go. All right. All right. So check it out, ladies and gentlemen, beloved. Week one. Week one on our uh, Halloween month. Yes. Long Sojourn through horror films. Yes. Annual. Annual, yes. Because we have traditions. We do have traditions. And next week, we will be definitely reviewing a classic. God willing, the crick don't rise. We don't have it in our hands yet. Okay, but we're getting it. All right. We know where to go. That's what we thought last week. (laughs) True. Very true. The missionaries do not know. They the don't need to know about that. We that. go to. They don't need to know about that. No, they don't. But yes, God willing, the crick don't rise. We will be reviewing Candyman next week here on the Michelle Mission. Trust me, trust me. If you have not listened to any episodes of the Michelle Mission, listen to next week's. Of course. If you're listening to this one, you hear me say that. <laughs> You've actually listened. Richie. He's Vince. I'm Len. Wait, oh, you wait a minute. Yes. Yeah, so you didn't do all the stuff. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I got, I got bills to pay. All right. The show is available for your download, streaming pleasure on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and any place and every place that good podcasts be, including the Podglomerate network of curated podcasts just for you. Go to thepodglomerate.com. Also, you can find everything about the Michelle Mission and me and Vince on MichelleMission.com where you will find all of our entire library and soon that will be one of the only places to find our entire library as we're going to be uh, taking a lot of that off of uh, SoundCloud um, just for uh, financial reasons. (laughs) That's right. Um, And our show is available as a radio show on Saturdays at 1 p.m. on WPPMLP 106.5 People Power Media, phillycam.org on Philadelphia and in Camden, and available Mondays. On Monday mornings, that is. Spend your Monday mornings with Michelle at 9 a.m. on WKDU 91.7 FM. You know, I realize, Vince, and um, it's true until somebody says it isn't. We are Philadelphia's number one black movie radio show. How about that? We need to put that on the material. Yes, we do. (laughs) We need to advertise that out. That's right. Press! (laughs) All right. Now. Now. He's Vince. I'm Len. In parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again.
Now it's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.